Hey everybody, it's Chris Nays here, the drummer for Thorhammer. How's it going? You good? I'm pretty good. Uh, woke up at 5 a.m. today. This is my only day off, and I'm up at 5 a.m. So, I'm going to exercise my brain a little bit. And I'm going to give you guys some, some juicy wet pod. And, uh, hope you like that. Um, this is the first show since we played with Guar. And, by all accounts, it was a great show. Uh... I believe we played our best set possible. Not in song choice, but in just, um, skill and focus and all that stuff. Uh, I'm gonna go through it all here, but, uh, just overwhelmingly positive reaction, and we. We're very happy about it, and we'd like to thank everybody that came out. So thank you. You guys kick a lot of ass. Swiggy coffee. Okay, so... First of all, corrections department. Last episode, I believe I said something like... You're not listening very clearly? Um... Listening clearly is not something that people do. Uh, listening closely is something that people do. So, listen closely, not clearly. And I consider myself corrected. Um, well, let's start from the top of Guar Day. I, uh, I woke up pretty early the day, I think like 6.30 in the morning or something like that. Uh, I had taken a day off of work, I work overnight, so I wanted to be completely ready to go. Uh, I think first thing I did was watch an episode of Monday Night Raw from about 15 years ago. And I'm sure that was pretty awesome. Uh, I'm right in the I'm right in the era where Undertaker had his uh, group of guys called the Ministry, the Corporate Ministry, where Shane McMahon and Vince McMahon are both teamed up with the Undertaker and the Brood and a bunch of people, and just terrorizing everyone. So that was pretty sweet. Um, it's a good way to start your day watching something on the WWE Network, which uh, you can get for an undisclosed sum. Um, let's see here. I believe the next thing that I did was watch a little movie called Jackie Chan's First Strike. Now, if you haven't seen this movie, 
uh, I believe it was released sometime around 96. Uh, it was right when Jackie Chan is hitting his hot streak here in uh, the United States. Some real classic stuff. Uh, he there's there's so many animals featured in it. Um, a seal, kangaroos, koalas. It's just amazing. There's a lot of cool fight scenes and and it's mostly featured in. Um, I don't know what country it was filmed in, but. There's a lot of mountainous uh, and snowy hills and that kind of thing going on, so, uh, I don't know. It was pretty cool. Totally check that out. Jackie Chan's First Strike. You can buy it at V-Stock for, like, $4. At least that's what I did. Um, we ended up practicing right around 3 o'clock. We ran through the set. Uh, everything went, went off without a hitch. Uh, crossed the bridge into Sauge, got there, I want to say right around 5-ish, 5 p.m. So, that's a good two hours before doors open, okay. I was the first one there, and... Well, I mean, all the other, the touring bands and, you know, staff and everybody were already there. I meant, I was the first one out of the band there, okay? So, I get all my drums loaded in really fast, uh, start setting up on the floor of the venue. Uh, all the other drummers kind of doing the same thing. Uh... I immediately noticed that on the stage, you know, there's still people up there setting up backlining and everything, which is kind of how it works. The touring bands put their stuff up on there first, and then whoever's the first band playing um, is the last people to put their stuff up. That way you can kind of work back from there when people are loading off after their set. So, uh... They are setting up, and there's no room. There's, like, there's a very small space for the drums, uh, surrounded by all kinds of equipment. There's, there's maybe two feet in front of where the drums are going to be, of a pathway across the front of the stage for the other guys. Um, I mean, I think we've worked with smaller space than that at some, some little bars, but, uh, it was, it was kind of ridiculous how much stuff there was stuff, there was up there, but, uh, we we're gonna make it work, you know? So, um, for about the next, well, I set up my stuff, and I'm ready to go, and I just, you know, polish the drums and cymbals and all that kind of stuff. And then they just have us standing around waiting. And, uh, we find out that one of the bands is having a meeting. And they tried to at least sound check, like, the sound system in the place. 
and they wouldn't even let him do that. So, much less, you know, us put any of our stuff on stage. So we waited, we waited around for like an hour. Then they finally let us put the stuff. So we're get, we're getting close to uh, doors, you know. We're getting close to, to uh, them opening the doors to the public. So we're kind of we're you know getting a little stressed out, or at least I was, because my stuff is ready to go, but it's not on stage yet. You know, it needs to be up there so we can sound check and make sure there's room for everything and I can adjust as a need be because of how little space there is for the drums. So, um, about five minutes before doors open, I believe it was like 6.55, they had me put my drums on stage. All the other guys had their amps up there uh, maybe like 15 minutes before that, but Five minutes before it opened, I finally, everybody rushes to get my drums up because it's the last possible second. Uh, I guess they had just got done with their meeting and they waited until doors. So, anyway. Get my drums up there, make a few adjustments. Um, we get a very rushed sound check through. Now. Most of the time you get a little bit extra time because you're the last band to set up and they just, you have all this extra time before doors, so why not, you know, really dial it in? Well, we didn't get that luxury and that's also okay because a lot of times you don't even get a sound check, so no problem there. So, uh, we finished sound checking about... 10 minutes maybe before we need to start our set, okay? So we all rush off. I finally get a chance to go to the bathroom because I've been stupidly standing around waiting for the moment when they were going to ask me to put my drums on stage. So, was, I, you know, I really had to piss. Run into piss. Uh, Seth Rollins up my hair. And if you're a wrestling fan, you know exactly what I mean by that. Not diet, not streak it blonde in one spot. That's not what I mean. Uh, so I do that to, uh, well, I, I don't know. I just don't really like eating my hair. So if I wet it down, then it, it just makes more sense to me. Anyway, that's just something that I do. Um, get back up to side stage and try to stretch out a little bit. Uh, we had a guy filming us, and I think he's fairly well known in St. Louis, so you probably know who I'm talking about, but he was, he, even though we had no room, he was still forcing his way up there while we were while, while uh, we were doing our thing. And, you know, my advice to people that are going to be recording bands, um, you it needs to be like you're not there. He gave me a camera to set up behind the drums, so that way he doesn't have to come anywhere near me, you know what I mean? Uh, he doesn't have to get in the way of the view of the fans or anything like that. Well, 
that's exactly what he did for the rest of the guys. You know, he just was cumbersome and in the way, and that's the opposite of what you need to be doing, in my opinion. Um, I still have yet to see the video, and I hope that it's good, but, um, don't be intrusive to what the band are doing, you know? I think he even unplugged or stepped on a pedal, and, see, that's just completely disrupting what, one of what Parks was trying to do, you know? You can't do that, so... Anyway, we get the show rolling right on time. Instantly, all stress goes away. Um, set went off, like I said, without a hitch. Everything's fantastic. We get done uh, in exactly half an hour. And we quickly rush off stage. With the help of the other, the sound guys and everybody, we're out of there in no time. Okay, so... Uh, I did, actually I did break one of their drum mics. I, it As he was setting it up before the set, he's like, keep an eye on this. I'm like, okay, I'll try to. Of course I didn't, I just was in the zone, but I, I smashed it apparently, and uh, and it broke the, the thing that holds the mic onto the snare drum, so it just fell off, and I, I picked it up after a song and tried to put it back on, but it wasn't happening, so. Those, those clips are fairly cheap, so I don't think they were pissed about it or anything. Um... Let's see. Yeah, so we got done with our set. Uh, we everybody is pretty complimentary. The only uh, criticism I heard was that the vocals are maybe a little low, uh, and that a lot of the uh, light system wasn't being used now. I think this is kind of an old school thing that, and maybe I'm just being paranoid, but I think this is sort of a thing that some old bands and old managers do. And I'm not pointing any fingers, but I think that that was purposely done, maybe. Um, you know, it's 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 a thing where the band wants to look better and louder than every other band and if that if you got if that's what you got to do then that's what you got to do um i did i don't take it personally we just did our thing and persevered and uh played the best that we could and that's really what you got to do so uh i met some of the guys in one of the other bands, and they were super cool. They said, you know, a lot of the local bands that they've been playing with are kind of shit. So when they told us we are not, then that's good for me. Um, I did not end up meeting any of the guys in Guar. 
think the I wanted to sort for some reason I wanted to keep the the illusion of the whole alien thing in my head, you know, because you know growing up, I never thought that I would get to meet the real dudes that play behind all that ridiculousness, and that's awesome. And I want to keep it that way, you know. Uh, most of the bands on tour are not super forthcoming as far as going around meeting every single person in the room anyway. They've been on the road. They don't. There's people. And I I don't build up this rock star thing in my head anymore. Unless it was somebody like fucking one of the guys in Iron Maiden or one of the guys in Metallica or whatever. I'm not going to freak out. You know. Um, they're just dudes. So, I get, I, I, I kind of know what the deal is now. Guar Stage was pretty intense, and it lived up to what they're known for. Um, lots of, lots of spew being sprayed into the crowd. Spew from penises, spew from Hillary's tits. Um... Just fucking every. I mean, you you know Guar, and you can imagine. Um, support for all the bands was really strong. I think we won won the crowd over in about three or four songs, and I you know when you're the first band going up, you're 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 the one that's stirring the pot for everybody that's on tour that's coming after you, so. Um, not, you know, you, we brought our, we brought our crowd, but most of the people don't know your stuff, so you gotta just go out there and do your thing. They, uh, they responded well. Um, we ended up selling quite a bit of merch. We were really happy with that. We sold per, we sold a good amount of tickets as well. So, all in all, it was a great, great night for Thorhammer. Definitely crazy looking out and seeing, how, you know, however many people that place holds. A thousand people. It doesn't seem like a thousand when you're up there, but it's it's pretty nuts. It's about. At, at least two times the amount of people that we played for at Skeleton Witch. Um, I'm hoping that we get more shows like that. We we know people that know people, and it uh, you know when you luck into stuff like that, and people hear that you like a band or that you are influenced by a band, then they think about you when that band comes through, and we hope that happens. Many, many more times. It's very gratifying to play a show like that and get the re kind of response that we did. And uh, despite stress and despite, um, you know, once in a while playing to less than satisfying numbers of people, it all, it all, it's all totally worth it when you play a show like this. You know, it's crazy. Uh, again, thank you to everybody that came out. Please continue the support. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll still be out there 
doing our thing, man. Uh, let's see here. I'm thinking about a new segment. There was some news about a Metallica, uh, a special Budweiser case that has Metallica and Metallica uh, printed on the cans. And they're like black cans with Metallica and a lightning bolt. And uh, I was thinking we could share whoever is the next guest or, uh, you know, the next several podcasts, whoever the guests are, would share beer, a Metallica beer. And if it isn't a Metallica beer, we'll just tell you it is. Um... We'll just share like a Metallica memory or uh, or dig into a song or I don't know, something like that. I think it would be kind of cool because it's pretty universal love for Metallica uh, across the board for Metalheads. I, you know, at least the first records and in some cases some later records as well. I don't know. Um, I can see why somebody might like a little bit of that later stuff. Uh, so that's, that's a plan that's coming together, I think. Let's run down some plugs. Um, you can find Thorhammer on Facebook. Just look up the band name. Should be one of the first ones to come up. Uh, you can find Thorhammer merchandise and music at thorhammer.bandcamp.com Our uh, album is $5. Uh, all our merch is up there. Everything from uh, t-shirts, stickers, buttons. All the, all the tropes of the greatest bands of the world. We're not one of them. But that's okay. We're doing our thing. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Bag Hutch. Uh, got a lot of a lot of things to say, and I say them. So you know, look me up. Uh, what else do we got? Well, of course, subscribe to the podcast because. I really enjoy doing this podcast, even if it's me sitting alone at 6 a.m. outside my apartment in my Jeep drinking some QT coffee. Which, by the way, if you drink coffee, please, please get QT coffee. It is delicious. Swing your coffee for the working man. Even if it is just me sitting out here talking to you guys, it's pretty fun. I gotta say, it's pretty fun. Um, thank you for listening. Um, uh, gonna, we're gonna. Ha oh yeah, YouTube. Uh, all that that beautiful bean footage. Uh, I hope people remember that commercial. Uh, beautiful bean footage. All that fucking footage will be up from that pop show. I'm thinking about, it's like a 
four camera or three camera setup. So we're thinking about throwing something together with the with the CD audio because if I'm if I'm correct and I think I am the audio from the cameras is not going to be up to snuff. So we're thinking about doing something with those, mixing our own videos up. I will be putting the drum cam footage up regardless of how bad the audio is. I don't care because I like people to see exactly what I'm doing up there. I think people are interested in it. Uh, so look us up at Thor Hammer Metal. That is the channel. Thor Hammer Metal on YouTube. There's plenty of live stuff on there from previous shows. Uh, we are on Periscope. Uh, just look up the band name, Thor Hammer, and you'll find us on Periscope. Sometimes we, uh, throw some stuff up there from band practices. Um, yeah, so please, like, share, subscribe the podcast. Uh, we dearly, sincerely appreciate everything that you guys do for us. Uh, send me some messages. Let me know your thoughts. Give me the info. Tell me what movies I should be watching. Tell me what records I should be listening to. You know what? Before I wrap up, let me give you a couple of records that you should be listening to right now. You guys, you can look these up. Just write, you know, make a note of it while I'm talking about it. The new Lamb of God record... Sturm und Drang. Number seven from those guys. Lamb of God. Look it up, dude. It's awesome. Mutoid Man. The album is Bleeder. It's a three-piece. Uh, just fucking fantastic, man. I love a good three-piece. Rush is coming out with a live album from their uh, 40th anniversary in November. Don't know exactly when that's coming out, but uh, you should totally be getting that. Faith in the Moors' latest record after like a 15-year hiatus. Soul Invictus. Holy shit, I listened to that album again yesterday. Awesome. And of course, the Mac Daddy of them all. The double album from Iron Maiden that came out a couple weeks ago. Holy shit, the Book of Souls. Can't say enough good things about that. The three out of four members approve. I don't believe Kyle has been able to listen to the whole thing yet. But God damn it, that's a good album. Listen to it now, please. What are you waiting for? Alright guys, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, I'll pick a song and throw it on here for you. Um, let's hope it's a good one. Um, let's do one more swig of coffee. You guys ready? Here we go. One, two, three, four. I would never count in that fast, by the way. Alright, you guys have a good one. Um, see you later, otters. Yeah, that's right, I said it. You're otters. You're all otters. Swimming around in the seas of pod. Tim, start the thing.
And then our, I guess Hellovate next? Or Dark Mirror? Yeah. Fuck yeah, I see you handsome dudes strolling in here. Anyhow, this last one is called Blood Eagle. <laughs> 